0: Welcome to the 501 Companion Podcast. This is episode number 11. And there are some fun 11s that we want to talk to you about. Of course, everybody knows that Spinal Tap taught us that an amp can go beyond 10, it can go to 11. Did you know that World War One ended on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month? And just for context, we just finished the outline for this podcast on the 11th hour. Nick. Cue the music. All right, fellas, we are here at the 11th hour recording a podcast that we absolutely adore and yet sometimes it's hard to fit it in. But we did and we're here. I'm here with two guys who just are going to rock your socks off First, let me introduce you to Matt Bailo, our Chief Marketing Officer. Matt, tell them who you are, what you do, and what your thing about 11 is.
1: Well, you know, um, well, first, uh, hi, I'm Matt. I am your digital marketer. I have about 20 years experience in marketing in general, and I've been a digital marketer since the 90s, you know, before it was trendy and cool to be. Uh, And, (laughs) but um, yeah, and my 11 is, I think if we start a production hour, it should be called 11th hour, because that's about when you know, it takes to get stuff done. And, uh, it's, you know, it's amazing what goes into these things and the amount of time, you know, the the 11 hours, 11 minutes, 11 days to get everything done, everything read, everything researched, uh, and, uh, and then back out to this wonderful audience. So, um, like, it's great. I'm looking forward to the show today. Some good topics and interesting discussion. So should be a good one it will be a good one matt especially because our co-host
0: nick rufa actually uses 11 as the midpoint marker for his day nick tell them who you are and why you're excited about number 11.
2: hey i'm nick your company's computer guy um like matt been, been around for uh, way too long working on tech a little bit of marketing mixed in um so eleven, yeah, one and one is eleven. That came to mind, buddy, when I was trying to think of a good eleven. One and one. Have <laughs> so bring I'm it back the three. Yankees last week. Number ten. This week, number eleven. Famous Yankees. Fred Stanley, the Chicken. Nineteen seventies Yankee or eleven? Oh, look at you
1: pulling out the history books. Love it. <laughs> well, Thinking Nick, I, 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 11, I, one and one makes three. <laughs> nothing. We don't have any binaries. Listen, I have fr- listen, I have Nick fr- found I- it funny. Thank you, Nick. (laughs) I appreciate the
0: tech geek jokes. Um, You guys are the best. Uh, As you can see, for those of our audience who are watching us on Netflix with our virtual back, Netflix on YouTube, are seeing our virtual backgrounds. I am literally sitting in a Lexus right now, and uh, I feel good about it. This is a very comfortable car, very performance-oriented. They are not a sponsor of the show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My name is Buddy Scolari. Not yet. Right, right. Uh, My name is Buddy Scalera, and I am a content strategist, and I think you're going to see me coming out of my shell in this episode, because we're going to be talking a little bit about your content strategy for charities. But let's not jump ahead. We have some news to cover, fellas. Uh, Over the past couple of weeks, we have covered some really important news stories for charitable organizations. Um, The first one, you know, a couple uh, weeks ago was high-profile donations were on the rise, and then Ford unearthed over a $100,000 of materials, which they donated um, uh, to Dearborn uh, facility uh, right there in Michigan. Um, but the one that caught my eye is the one probably that will be buzzing very soon. Uh, Elon Musk has been dropping donation money uh in in record numbers um now of course Elon Musk is on any given day depending on Tesla stock the richest man on the planet or maybe the second richest. So it depends on stock. Depending on the day, depending on the day, Uh, sometimes he's falling ahead, sometimes he's falling behind, Um, but he is not falling behind in his charitable donations. Uh, He did drop a lot of money. Uh, He's actually moving his his own residence from California to Texas and brought uh, 30 million dollars to the schools there to help them get kickstarted and is apparently on a tear with donations. I'll start with you, Nick. Um, what were your thoughts on uh, this story as you started seeing Elon Musk and his donations?
2: You know, I <clears throat> I think it's he receives a lot of the bad publicity. Let's just say that. And I'm not uh, very pro or con either way. But you know, anytime somebody's going to donate, I think it's a great thing. Um, you know, obviously, there's some—I don't want to call them strings attached—but he's uh, he has reasons to to donate to that particular city. But it's a great thing. I mean, the city and the the, the residents are going to get uh, a benefit from it. So I think it's a great thing.
0: So, Matt, what are your thoughts initially when you were starting to read this article?
1: Well, you know, I I, I have. Two thoughts, you know, I'll come back to the second one, which is, it's, it's really interesting. And as Nick said, sometimes Elon can get bad press. And even when he's giving, you know, sometimes he can find a way to get bad press out of it. And, and that points me to, you know, I always have my marketing hat that points me to PR and really the thoughtfulness that has to go into the right way to do things and how to do things to ensure you are getting the most out of it. But the one point that really um, I thought was interesting was, you know, the town, the, the money, the, uh, one of the articles noted, they weren't prepared for it. They weren't, they didn't know it was coming. And, and so, you know, I, I do think it's interesting, you know, when you see these things happen um, and and a large donation come in or you see a big change or, you know, ice bucket challenge, ALS, I think the organizations that can truly benefit from it are the ones who are set up for success And, they, they, you know, it's funny having been in industry and in marketing and things for so long, um, you know, especially in the app world and technology world, you can actually see um, people fail by being too successful, by not being prepared to scale. Um, especially when there's infrastructure or involved or operational elements involved in in making things happen. So, you know, what I find interesting about Elon's giving is he's hit such a scale where I think that can actually enter into the equation. Like, you know, if somebody were to drop $30 million into your charity today or the hundred million dollar, you know, Carbon X prize, you know, or something like that. You know, that's that's not the easiest thing in the world, believe it or not, to try and figure out how to handle, how to accept, how to spend, you know, and the right way to do it so that next year, maybe when you don't get 30 million dollars, how do you handle this? Right. How do you it, there, there's a lot to it, to to his giving. and And so it's very it's an it's an interesting thing that he brings the way he's just kind of tossing this around i'm sure it's thoughtful in what he's doing but you know like in some cases like this town it was unexpected <laughs> so i find that that you know you also don't want to accidentally fail or crash your company through too much success well, and uh, i think there there
0: there there's there may be even an unintended consequence that i didn't even think of until you said it matt was maybe other people will pull back their donations because they're like, well, let him do all the donating because what could I possibly do? I don't have enough money.
1: There is an element, you know, and in technology, we see it. And for instance, scaling apps, right? All of a sudden, you have all these users. Your servers don't support it, or scaling a website. You have all these users. We're talking about content marketing later. You know, all of a sudden, you have, you know, a thousand subscriptions a day, ten thousand subscriptions, a hundred thousand subscriptions, a million users a month. Like, how are you scaling this to the point where mm-hmm. you're not spending more than you're getting out of it? And we see this a ton in technology startups, right? This is what all of the this is a fake it till you make it, right? This is you know Amazon didn't show profitability for I don't know haven't even shown profitability yet, like you know it's just <laughs> like, like you know they they just keep scaling and scaling and scaling and scaling and scaling and what's the plan? But I don't know. But more is a bigger number is better, right? You know, just keep going. Uh, and so it's a very you know we'll figure the model out later. Kind of scenario. So we see this in tech. We see this in innovation. You know, and 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 I, I, you know, I'd be interested in case studies. Trying to find a good one around seeing this in charitable organizations. You know, what is the effect? You see it in lottery winners, right? You know, like some of the people who come out and say winning the lottery was the worst thing that ever happened to me. You know, that kind of thing, um, you know, so I'd be really interested to see. And, and it's an interesting problem. And, in, in, you know, like I said, on the PR side, you know, Elon's he's so charitable in, in what he's doing. And as they say, he's just on a tear. Like He's just, uh, you know, cutting checks and, and finding charities and seeing somebody needs assistance and helping them out. And, and and as they say, he moves fast when he makes up his mind, you know, and I think one of the things that I think we need to do,
0: um, because until we were talking about it, I'd forgotten that Mark Zuckerberg had donated $100 million to the Newark school system, uh, maybe 10 years ago. Right. Um, we should follow up just to see what the net result of that yeah. donation was. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, it was very splashy at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if it worked. It didn't work, and and how it was defined. But that's it's a good follow up topic. But there is one more thing that I want to sure. just get get your pulse point on from both of you. Um, th- there is an opinion. Um, by some, that considering his total net worth $30 million isn't that much money. Um, and yet $30 million, no matter how you slice it, is still a lot of money. It's not a small sum of money. So I feel personally like the criticisms are, are unfair. It, it, this is his choice to decide what he does with his money. And if he feels like he wants to give $30 million, and as you noted, Matt, the organization might not even know what to do with $30 million. But I I think it's unfair to criticize somebody for what they select and where they select to make their donations. Um, But then, you know, is there some truth that, like, it's, I don't know, some minuscule portion of his wealth? Did you guys have any thoughts on that? Because I think I think it's it's a hot potato type of thing. You, and and I think we I don't I can't even I'm not even sure what to make of it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I I was saying, I, you know, that's kind of where I where I was going earlier, buddy. I think he you know, he gets bad press. Uh, I guess the good for him is that he doesn't really seem to care about how. The press treats him, so he just does his thing. So that's a good thing. But yeah, I agree with you. I would never knock anybody for giving, no matter, no matter what. I mean, who says that's his last donation? So,
1: well, I mean, didn't he sign the, uh, but the one that basically says at some point he'll give away pretty much everything, right? I don't I mean, know if he signed the the billionaires'
0: pledge. I'm I not sure that, if he did. He uh, might have, but that that's hardly the point. The, yeah. the people, the people who are criticizing that it's not enough, you know, oh, in proportion to his wealth. Well, he might have a lot of different places where he wants to make donations, and it is—it's his so, choice. It's so not I, real, you know. That's what taxes—taxes are to or are to take a certain amount, yeah. and then have a government make the decision. Mm-hmm. As an individual, he's making
1: an individual decision. Mm-hmm. So I, I get that, and, and and you know, I, you know, in some cases, I guess I could share that opinion. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, like on the other the other side of it, like, I mean, think of all the good they do. I mean, this yes. right. You know, I, I I can't argue with that. I I so here's here's two two points for you. One is, um, you know, uh, like Bill and Melinda Gates have done so much, right, for so long and um, you know are they still living well yeah yeah <laughs> right yes i mean they're they're not they're not clipping coupons so you know I, I, on one side i have to say like you've eradicated a virus you know you've brought Sewer systems to towns and 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 clean energy and I mean just clean water and just like you could just go on the list and it's like you know what so you live in a nice house I'm not gonna <laughs> I mean, think about like all the good that they've done and it's just like I don't know I think that's you know. <laughs> Dedicated your life to you know volunteering and, and charitable organizations. I think that's that's pretty good. You know, go back to your nice house. It's okay. You know, like it is But on the other hand, I, I've also uh, there was a TED talk by by a guy who was um can't remember the name, but he was uh he was he was very well off. Um, had made some some smart investments, did really well, and actually confronted this topic head on and and said, you know, people ask me why don't I just give away all my money? You know, why do I come out and ask you for money when I've got plenty of it? <laughs> well, and, and also, and, y- y- you well, know, go ahead, Matt. Well, I just want to give you his answer. His answer was that I've, I can do more good with my connections that my money gets me and, and my influence and thing than I could if I just gave it all away. So in general, you know, he thought the sum of what he could do positive in the world. And this is what I guess he had choos- chosen to do with the time was was that he believes he could do more good with his position and status and influence that his wealth gave him than he could if he just simply gave it all away and spent down to, you know, uh, let's call a normal American average um, income. And so I think that's interesting, too. So, I mean. Do people criticize? Yeah, but at the same time, are you going to criticize for, <laughs> you know, if you're the one who's, you're, whose child is getting a meal at that school or something that like, no.
0: Well, and and my, my, my concern, and I think that there's always an unintended consequence. Um, does someone of that means say, you know what, I, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't, just forget it. You know, just forget it. I, you know, do, do they think they're going to bully someone into donating a, a sufficient amount of money that they think is the sufficient amount? And I agree with you, Matt. What about the good that that's done? If that was going to feed students, if that was to improve school equipment, let's look at what the end is and take the charge out of it and just say, hey, in this world, somebody to just decided to do some good, and I think that that, to me, was the is the takeaway. Which is, maybe it'll never be enough for the Twitter crowd, but yeah. you know, don't stop giving, don't stop being generous, um, but also recognize that you know the cancel culture is really harsh right now. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, I mean, on uh, both sides, on all, all sides of the political spectrum, the cancel yeah. culture is really harsh right now. And I think that sometimes just just say like, you know, somebody did something that they thought was. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I mean, I think it's I, you know. He's out there. He's donating. I'm sure the charities that are receiving the money are, are plenty happy with it. I'm sure the people who are benefiting from those charities, or people or animals or places or environments, you know, are plenty excited, too. Uh, I do appreciate that at that scale. Um, they're tackling big problems, right? They're you know, talking clean air, um, environmental issues. You know, uh, you know, this is at the scale that you know, countries (laughs) tackle. So, I mean, you know, you kind of appreciate that, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates are attacking uh, viruses and clean water. And I mean, so, you know, it's there's also a scale to it, I guess, right? I mean, it's not something that my donation, um, buddy, me and you, it's Nick, we'll chip in, we'll make an X prize for for clean air and we'll see if we can (laughs) beat Elon. (laughs)
0: Well, I am happy to say that, you know, when these people who have been the benefit of great fortune, both, you know, fortune as in money and good fortune as in however you define just having a lot of luck, um, that some of them are committing it to uh, good deeds and good charities. So, um, anyway. Fellas, I think we have fully addressed the news, which goes into our feature section. Now, Matt, you've traditionally guided our feature section. Uh, Tell us where we have gone so far on our learning journey and then tell us where we're going. Okay,
1: so where have we been? We have learned about ourselves. We've created mission statements, vision statements. We've understand what we're trying to accomplish. We have started to understand who our customers are. We have started to learn about those customers. We've started to learn their behaviors. We've started to learn um, what we would like them to, how we would like them to behave. We're starting to think about those barriers between what they're doing and what we'd like them to do. And again, this was not just focused on money. I know we do talk a lot about money, but there's other things, right? Because organizations are typically mission driven. And a lot of times we can contribute directly to that mission and further along our goals. Um, and so, you know, we've then started to talk about what does it take? What are we positioned to to help uh, the, overcome those barriers? And what is the cost of overcoming those barriers versus the benefits? So we start to understand where are the opportunities? Now, we may have a high cost with a high benefit, but it's unlikely, might be not the best opportunity. Maybe it's a lower cost, small benefit, but we can do it at scale. Maybe that's a better opportunity or low cost, high benefit, even better, right? So, you know, we started to learn about that. And now what we're starting to get into is, okay, now that we figured it all out, we've learned about us, we've learned about them. We've learned about behaviors and systems and journeys. We've put it all together over time. Now we're starting to craft our strategy for how are we going to get information from us to them to really make this happen. So we're starting to just start to get tactical. Uh, We've been very strategic. And the first step on that is to talk about content strategy. Now, audience, I'd like to let you know that we have with us on this podcast today, one of the foremost experts and speakers in the field of content strategy and content marketing. He's not. So I'm gonna, I'm actually today gonna, gonna step a little bit to the side. I'm gonna keep us on our trajectory through this, but buddy, I'm gonna hand it off to you to start to talk about content strategy and content marketing. You wanna kick us off.
0: I do. And uh, thank you for the lead up, Matt. I think the learning journey that we've been on with you has been extremely helpful and mm-hmm. uh, it has helped us think a lot about positioning and marketing. And and, and then, um, you know, the the relevance of the user journey from uh, a person who just wants to do something good and wants to donate to a charity or to the, the life cycle of that charity. Mm-hmm. There's any number of ways you can you can. Um, you can frame that out. Um, but the but the currency of the internet really is content. And by content, we mean the things you see on the internet, on your phones, on apps, in your emails. And all of this is created by typically somebody, um, and it should have a purpose. Uh, and I'm going to give you guys two definitions, and they're both closely related, but they're similar, but not the same. So, I'm going to start first um, with the the one that most people think of when it comes to marketing, and it's called content marketing. Okay, content marketing. It is a form of marketing. And I'm going to read a definition, and we'll provide these definitions in the show notes. This is off of the Content Marketing Institute. Uh, And they say that content marketing is a strategic marketing approach focused on creating and distributing valuable, relevant and consistent content to attract and retain a clearly defined audience and ultimately to drive profitable customer action. Okay. Now, what does that really mean? Well, well you you you're you're making content that drives somebody to an action, which is very much what you've been talking about, Matt. So I can put content, we'll just use websites because it, it's um, it's really just a, uh, a, an easy way to get started in thinking about this. So if I am setting up to do some sort of fundraiser and I would like to raise funds for a particular event, well, I want to put some content on a website to make an announcement because we're going to have a fun run, a 5K fun run, and we want people to come bring a check and then also make other donations. You're going to need content for that. That's content created for a specific purpose with an outcome in mind. Now, the better the content is and the more focused it is on that user, the more likely they're going to read it and go, oh, let me click through. But if you create content that's really confusing, people don't know where the button is to click or register, um, they can't understand it because it's written in a very muddied way that the layout is hard to read. These are all problems with content. Now, these are all solvable problems, but at at the root of it, your content has to be created to drive the action that gets a result. Now, not every piece of content will be aligned to profit, like Matt has said in the past. Sometimes it's just informing, reinforcing. That is, you did a good deed. Thank you for doing a good deed. Here's where your good deeds are uh, helping others.
1: Okay. Right? So let me let me unpack that for a second. All right. So you you noted that it is... An approach focused on, as you said, I think you defined it as creating and distributing valuable, relevant, and consistent content to attract and retain a clearly defined audience. Is that what you said? Something like that?
0: Yeah. With an outcome. Like you have a goal. You have to have a business goal in mind.
1: And then it said, and ultimately to drive a profitable customer action, profitable being relative for organizations versus for profit groups, right? Mm -hmm. So. Just unpacking that for a minute, you know, that first part. So you have a goal. So you have, as we said, we started working on target audiences, right? So the the right audience, you want the right audience, not just anybody, not just any audience, right? The one that you're looking to, to work with. So for instance, if we were um, working on a charity for animals, we would probably want animal lovers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? We probably would not want animal haters. I don't know. Is that thing? I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know <laughs> so,
0: if there's an option.
1: But right, but your appropriate content might not be like people who like negative stuff for animals, right? So you're you're trying to attract the right audience through um consistent content right so you want to attract and retain a clearly defined audience that's the last part of that through valuable relevant consistent content
0: yeah and and i think when you think about where your content will be consumed and what it will do for the audience we think about let's think let's use nick as an example um Nick's an animal lover. Nick is a sports lover. Nick might be attracted by an article that said, you know, the best
1: mascots in sports. Or cats playing baseball.
0: Cats playing baseball. <laughs> you stop stop by Nick's desk during the workday at any given point. He's googling cats and baseball. But um, you know, when you think about that, though, here's here's a, an opportunity now to appeal to that cross section of two things that interest Nick. Nick, you'd read an article about the best mascots in baseball, right?
2: Sure, I'll read another.
0: Another another (laughs) because he's read all the others prior to that. But, you know, that that article could go into reinforcing that uh, each of those animals was a rescue animal and that, you know, Nick might then trigger in his mind. Oh, you know what? We've been thinking about rescuing a pet as well. That's a content marketing effort. And then the reinforcement of that is what. If they know that Nick likes sports, they may add him to a newsletter that segments sports and they find enough people, they might have a separate newsletter for that. That's a, that's a content marketing effort. Now, that's slightly different than content strategy, and I promise you guys two definitions because they kind of matter. Um, content strategy uh, is often confused with content marketing content strategy on the other hand it's a very subtle difference guides the creation delivery a delivery and governance of useful usable content and and once again we'll we'll give you the definition for that the the reason that's different is because with content marketing it's more about that creation and that campaign based approach to doing something, right, marketing. Marketing is typically campaign-based. Whereas content strategy is more about a larger governance. It cares deeply about the technology under which you will deliver that content. So we just talked about, Nick, you know, they got you on an article, how did they get you? How did you discover? Well, you discovered it on Twitter, you click through, right? You click through, you shared it to Facebook. When it went to Facebook, not only did it render right, it picked up the correct image that would be of most appeal to you, other people who are in your network. And what it does is it creates this loop that, that takes very much into account the technology and then also the governance. After a while, certain articles should just be expired, and certain articles are not. Expired, And then they don't render re- well across those platforms. So you start thinking about the governance and the technology and how to create that content so that it flows through all the channels and has that maximum output. The reality of, of any of these things, guys, is that when we think about the charities that we serve, we need to be thinking about what content will motivate them, what matters to them. Now, I'll give you a bad example so many brands will put things on their, their blog that leads with, we are proud (laughs) to, we are so excited about. And I think as a user, I don't care what you're proud, proud of or excited about, or they'll have this marketing strategy where they'll throw out free t-shirts, which will have your logo on it. And the time I wear it is when I'm using it to take the wax off my Mustang Right, because your shirt means nothing to me. So, when we think about the thing that matters, where can you put your limited dollars into something that will help you reach your goal? That is both content strategy and content marketing. Not all Content is created for marketing purposes, of course, and content strategy certainly supports that as well. You might just be using content strategy to communicate to your internal employees or you know, public relations or whatever. But content marketing is definitely focused on a goal that's generally not perfectly, but generally considered around a campaign goal.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Oh, my gosh. There's so much to cover in what you said there. So so a couple of things I'm going to I'm going to ask you about if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. God, switching I'm switching roles today. Right. Here, I'm here for the night for you guys. Okay, good. So, so you said a couple of things that I think are interesting and provocative there. So, so the 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 first thing you you defined content strategy and content marketing, which I think again very very interesting. Which comes first do you think, content strategy or content marketing?
0: <laughs> well, Matt, in my dream. We would have a strategy and a plan before we started making a marketing campaign and writing content. Okay. In the real world, unfortunately, it does not always happen that way. But yes, you should always start with strategy so you know what you're trying to accomplish and then move into the actual creation of that content. And you will tend to have a better return on investment, you'll know what's happening with your content and how to effectively make sure that it goes across multiple channels.
1: That's uh, interesting.
0: It, 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 I would say that it less than half the times in my career I've noticed that content <laughs> strategy starts first. It's sort of like, you guys are technologists. Usually people are like, why aren't you guys coding already? And you guys are like, well, oh, you just have to start writing code and then they really figure out what they want. But, you know, in a perfect world, yeah, you start with strategy.
1: I like to call that we, we leave the garage and we start driving. At some point, I'll call you and tell you if you should be going north, southeast, or west. Wow. Right. Just start driving, but I'll call you. <laughs> I'm sure that that's how your career has gone as well, right? <laughs> so, but no, no. Okay. So that's interesting, you know, because when I, when I look at the names, content strategy and content marketing, you know, content marketing is itself defined as, you know, a, a strategy and content strategy includes content creation and delivery. So it's kind of interesting the way, you know, the juxtaposition of the names and the definitions and the roles that they play in, in what, what they're doing.
0: Yeah. For a business that was rooted in language by people who many times started their career in writing and then worked their way up to this. uh, We have done a terrible job of differentiating (laughs) with words. Um, but the the fact of the matter is content strategy is the overarching okay. governance strategy that also will govern your media strategy, your… Um,
1: Which would include
0: advertising and communications. It would include your analytics strategy and it ensures that all the strategies are connected. Also right. including, you know, not not all content that you create is for marketing purposes. Certain content you create because you have to create it for the people that work on your team. And now we have distributed teams. We don't have town halls anymore, mm-hmm. at least in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. So your content strategy is a little bit bigger. It's your overarching umbrella and your content marketing is Usually the most dominant strategy within there, but you know, it's okay.
1: Okay. So, okay. So that's interesting. So, so I think that is, uh, much clearer. I appreciate that. So the second piece that I'd like to unpack is this concept of we are proud of, or, or the t-shirt, um, metaphor that you gave. And the reason being is, is you, you see that a lot and, and you do see like a lot of t-shirts and swag and, and, and stuff like that. Um, you know uh, what? What do you think the role of that is versus you know advocates and 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 word of mouth marketing and and uh, you know kind of this offline social media or online social media or even to the degree of providing blogger toolkits or assets you know in that virtual the virtual swag, right? You know any any you know you mentioned we're proud of. I mean, what if they we are proud of? Right? You know, um, I think. Uh, I don't know. I'm torn. I think I think you can go that way, but you got to be on message, right? You got, you know, it's you, it's something you you you're also trying to understand where is your money and effort being spent, right? You know, I think that's that's important too. So if you achieve something, you should be proud of. You may you may want to announce that as well.
0: I think that it's a very fine line. I think it's a very fine line. Uh, And I think the best analogy that I've heard uh, and used is that content marketing is a lot like dating. Hmm. You meet somebody, you build a relationship and you chit chat and if you like that person perhaps you go out on a date together or multiple dates and then you you build from there but generally when you meet somebody for the first time you're not getting on bended knee and and making a proposal or being the person who's receiving a proposal (laughs) depends how much (laughs) drinking there is depends if you're in vegas but most of the time you will be building in a relationship. And, you know, a lot of these things require building in a relationship. And Mm -hmm. the part where I'm trying to get to that you were just referencing is if you've ever been to a party where someone just talks about themselves incessantly, that person gets pretty boring pretty quickly. There's ways to talk about yourself. Certainly there's what you have to share in a party, but there's also the other way where people forget that, You're not the most important person in the room, and I think sometimes brands, and not just charitable brands, just brands in general, will talk about themselves like they're a real person, and they're really proud, and you don't care how proud they are. What you want to know is what did you do, Mm. and the lead could be um, organization You know, raises money with donors for, you know, 5K raises a million dollars for, you know, hungry students in Michigan. Right. Great lead. Doesn't have to be. We are proud of our contribution that led to and all of a sudden you're like, wow, well, you're really going out of your way to take credit for that, aren't you? (laughs) You'll get the credit. Yeah. I think the, re, the really important thing, though, is getting that information out there. And, and I cringe a little bit when when brands talk about themselves too much instead of what their real mission is, which is to uh, serve whatever their constituents right. are. It could be their customers or, in our case, it could be just the
1: charities that they lead. And, and I remember now that one of your well, first of all, I'm glad you clarified, right? Because I don't, I don't want a brand listening to this, an organization listening to this, saying like. Cut the orders on all the hats, right? You know, or or t-shirts. I think there is an appropriate time for one of my favorite shirts is actually um, 2016 Lacey Elks Run for the Heroes, which is an organization um, that uh, I helped put out a race, uh, a marathon for, to raise money for for several charities through the place uh, the the elk's lodge in in uh, Lacey township new jersey and uh, it was a run and it was 5k and a kids run and a walk and it was uh really interesting and, and actually it was so ended up being a very nice shirt <laughs> Yes, but that was a, that's a good strategy shirt, right?
0: Matt, because it, it reminds you of your participation yeah. in something that's meaningful to you. Yeah. But sometimes when we go to marketing events ah. and they're just walking by the table and they're like, here's our brand that won't be here next year, but here's a free T-shirt.
1: And you're like, "I wh- where am I going to wear this? Where you will I wear this? You couldn't have queued up my next question better because I know, because we've known each other a long time, that you have a hobby. All right uh oh uh, you're like, where's he going with this? I have, a, I have a couple hobbies. You do have a couple hobbies. One of them is, is um, capturing, let's call them some of your favorite, I don't know if their favorite or least favorite marketing emails. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> right? I just captured
0: a couple more recently.
1: Yeah, yeah right. Uh, and and so I know you flag these and, and you love them and you collect them, you um, know, like you do comics, right? I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, and there's some great in there. And I, and I, I know. In the past, we've talked about a couple, and I think one of my favorite openers that we see all too many, too often is, "I would like to," right? So I would, I would love to learn about your organization. Your organization. I would love to tell you about what- like. <laughs> Talk, talk me through this, buddy. Talk me through. Yeah, this. I, you know that that uh, it's such a weird
0: English class sort of thing where they they'll say, I would like to tell you about just tell me, don't tell me what you'd like to do, right? Like you just just built the lead in, just tell me, you know, I would like to give you money, but what are you going to say, but like, I don't know what, what are you? what are you saying? The reality is, is you, you, uh, I think something like 80% of all email is opened first on a mobile device. And if you're starting with, the personal pronoun of, I want to do this, you've, I'm at a, I'm, I'm, I'm at a light waiting for the light to change. And I'm like, uh, uh, so, uh, I, Oh, you would like to do that. Skip, you know, you get that. You know, <laughs> you, the light's going to be green in a minute and you go worse. And I collect really bad emails that show how, uh, design comes before function. That is, the email was made entirely out of pictures, and then I have to open the email, accept download of images, and I it, and and it would look great on a 30-inch Mac monitor, but on my phone it looks terrible. So I think the the fact of the matter is is you you look at what does your audience want to know from you, and it's not what you want it has is nothing about you to, I,
1: but i to want meet. i would love to meet with you i would
0: love to meet with you i would i really okay is that what you would love Good. Then we're done. I, I put it in the trash can already.
1: <laughs> so what's in it for, for, for the, so, so don't bury the lead. Right. I mean, when we're, when we're talking about some of these things, right. And, 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 you know, I'll kind of pivot this back around to uh, content strategy and content marketing, but you know um, you know, I think there's, we're getting to the nuance of the tactical execution uh, of something like that. But I think the idea is um, as you mentioned in the, the definition creating and distributing valuable, (laughs) relevant, useful, consistent content that attracts, retains clearly defined audience. Like these are all key words, you know, as we unpack that definition for content marketing, you know, that starts to allude to, okay, well, why did we go through all this work up until now to learn about ourselves, to learn our vision, to learn our mission, to learn who our core audience is, to build personas, to understand their needs, to understand their barriers, right? Because now that we're getting into content marketing, now we're starting to form the strategies that we'll need to deliver valuable, what's valuable to me or to my users. Like, as you said, I would love to in, my, in an email I send you, it's what's valuable to me, but what's valuable to them, right? Relevant, right? Well, what's relevant? What's relevance? As you said, you're in a car. You're, for some reason, on your phone. No, I'm at the stoplight, and I'm in the
0: passenger seat.
1: There you go. And uh, <laughs> so you're at the stoplight in the passenger seat, but you're in a hurry, and you only have a second i'm in
0: i'm in the motorcycle sidecar and nick is driving and i'm in the sidecar
1: i remember I that that out. was a yeah. good
0: day yeah I, nick and i have matching leather helmets and goggles yeah. um look i think you know when you think about the the tactics that you're going to be doing yeah. content marketing um has to really you really have to know your your user You have to know what moves them, what motivates them. Uh, I was listening to a podcast uh, just today while I was after my walk, and they were saying, there's a great lead in. They said, We have helped some 600,000 people get electricity that never had electricity prior to this. And we are seeking donations to ensure that this coming year we can accomplish the same to ensure that people without electricity in parts of the world can get it. And that's why we're seeking donations. I was like, that's a clear value proposition. I would put down a dollar for that because I think, and then they go on to be clear, you know, like, here's how we did it in the past. And and there was no, we're proud of, I would love to tell you about, they just got right to the point. 600,000 got it, 600,000 more got it, something that we take for granted, and it only going to cost you a buck. All right, sign me up. That's right.
1: That's right. And so when we talk about that consistency aspect of this, I mean, is this kind of about empire building? Are we building the pool? Are we building the barrel for the fish, the pond, whatever we want to call it? You know, are we attracting an audience? Is there an overtime? What's the commitment? What's the time commitment? What are we looking at in content strategy? Is there, is there an acute element to it? Or is it just all? Is there is a slow build? Is there fast, you know, action? What what's the expectation with content marketing? Is it both? Is it everything? All? Well, this,
0: I think this is where we'll lead into what we're going to cover in future episodes. But I okay. think what we have to understand is that no single piece of content is enough. Yeah. That is after you have received. Let's just use the electricity mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. example. Um, let's just say you made a donation to that organization. Don't you want to know what happened, how people's lives are better as a result? That's content. And that's Sorry. a lot of what you've been talking about, Matt, which is that ongoing relationship. Um, if if I delete your first email, we'll never go to the second one. We will need to build that relationship. But if you leave that email and says, you know, see where the donation that you made last year mm. has gone to help people, you know, mm. meet the people, personalize them, show their faces and gosh, that's to me, you know, that would motivate me. It it might not motivate everybody, but you'd have to find a hook that motivates people. And that requires ongoing content creation and content is generally pretty expensive to make. We think about it just as copywriting, but there's a lot of elements from design and web coding that go into Mm -hmm. it. Multi-channel planning, um, so, yeah, it does require a strategy. And I think that the areas that we're going to be exploring in upcoming episodes will be about how do you build that first piece of foundational, what we might call cornerstone content, mm-hmm. and then begin to build out and radiate and then see what works for any particular audience. I'll go back to Nick. It could be if Nick, you know, says, I'm very interested in knowing what other pets professional baseball players own and where they make their adoptions from, and that could resonate with him. And we don't know what will resonate with people, but you don't know unless you have a plan and have a measurement planned in mind to be able to tell how effective any particular content is at helping you to reach whatever goal you have, be it registration, be it participation, be it donation. But if you start with a good plan – then you know where you're going.
1: I love it. I love it because you just covered the last two bits of that that definition, which is your goal. You want to attract. So right, that's that first piece you noted early on that you know kind of conversation there, and then retain. Right. So that that story, that arc, and the arc of arcs. You know, the trilogy. What does that look like over time? And 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 you know, so that retain, and then as you mentioned, the core value ultimately to drive what you call profitable action or interaction, profitable, not always, as we we know, you know regularly, not always about money. It's about for organizations, you know, furthering their mission. Their mission. So, um, fantastic. You know, I, it's interesting when I think about that. I think like if you start and you have an organization that creates a website like 501c3lookup.org, That has, you know, you you note it it provides a service to charities and organizations. This good lookup, this good information. You know, this is how we went, right? We started to say, well, how do we expand from there? What's our content strategy to say, what else could be valuable to people who are using this site? And we said, well, This is this topic, these content, these conversations we think could be valuable. And we start to spread out from there. And obviously, you know, we know we have a plan to continue to evolve. And uh, so I think that's interesting, right? You know, so. Thanks for covering that today, buddy. No, Matt. And I think it's I think it's
0: great, and it was your idea to add, use it to add on to the foundation uh, that you'd been building, helping us to get here. And and I feel like we've covered the topic, and we are coming to the end of the show. I do want to make a note um, that these website uh, that these podcasts and more are on the 501c3lookup.org website, and that website was built and maintained by our very own Nick Rufa. And it is a wonderful resource. Uh, Nick, how much do you charge uh, per week? Uh, for people Zero
2: dollars to, web- to visit to search for your favorite nonprofit.
0: <clears throat> then this is a resource that nonprofits and fans of nonprofits should be uh, checking out. Uh, Nick, what's that URL address again?
2: It's 501c3lookup.org and for our podcast you can look at it you can look look in the top menu 501c companion so this that
0: episode is, and past episodes will be there that is perfect and nick since we got you uh we got you on the line where can they find out more about nick uh, rufa
2: you can find me on twitter at nick underscore rufa instagram nick
1: rufa
0: those are probably two best places and of course, the five hundred one c three lookup dot org website, yeah,
1: which I think they have profiles there. Nick is always updating that website. I love to hear all about this stuff every time we talk. Hey, I updated this. Updated the data. Made something a little more efficient. So it's always growing. Always growing behind the scenes. Does mm-hmm. good work yeah. over there.
0: I agree, Nick. You're doing a wonderful job, and it is a free resource for anybody to use. And Matt, uh, since you were just up, where can they find you?
1: Um, You can find me at my base station of MatthewBalo.com. That's B-A-L-O-G-H. There's no U. You know, from there, you can link out to most of my social elements. There's a blog there, a couple other things going on uh, where you can find me. I like to the kind of the professional dialogue that goes on in the LinkedIn groups, you know, really kind of focused and interesting. So you can always find me in those LinkedIn groups. And my name is Buddy Scalera and you can find me in the
0: Marvel Cinematic Universe on Disney Plus channel. I'll be playing the role of Captain America. Um, But if you want to reach me directly, my social media handles are all at Buddy Scalera. And of course, my website is BuddyScalera.com. We thank you for joining us each week uh, for the 501 Companion Podcast. Uh, It is your feedback and your kind notes that keep us going uh, and help us to make the show better. So we are listening Thank you so much uh, for the feedback and for the whole gang at the 501 Companion Podcast. Thank you very much. And of course, stay generous. And we're out.